everybody to another episode of Ed's Auto Garage. This is Ed Arango coming to you from my garage in Huntington Beach, California. Uh, today we have a special guest. Uh, we have Drew Moon. Drew Moon uh, runs a marketing firm that um, I think primarily uh, works within the auto space. Um, and um, so, Drew, why don't you go ahead? Welcome to the show. And uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of background about uh, your uh, your business and uh, go ahead, tell us all about it. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I do appreciate uh, you letting me jump on and talk to you about uh, all things cars, marketing, insurance, and all that good stuff. So um, thank you for that. Um, thank you for the intro. Um, my agency, Digital Click, is a marketing firm based out of Orange County uh, that specializes in automotive and retail space. And, um, you know, since 2015, we've handled, you know, quite a bit of uh, marketing for car dealerships, starting from, say, at the very bottom of doing simple mailers and flyers, all the way up to handling their Google pay-per-click budgets, their Facebook and Instagram accounts, uh, YouTube pre-roll and everything else in between. So we handle everything from A to Z when it comes to marketing. And, um, uh, you know, just like I said, happy to be here and happy to talk to you about some of our um, stuff that overlaps, you know, with what's been going on and how COVID's kind of changed uh, these spaces. So Digital Click is the, is the name of your company. And it started back in, uh, you said, 2004. 15, five? What was yeah, 2015. 15. I was uh, working for an auto group and I had about 15 stores under my belt that I was doing marketing for. And um, I decided to spin off and just kind of do my own deal and call my own shots. And I was lucky enough to get a handful of those stores back and kind of never looked back. So. So how did you get into the automotive space? Was it always on a marketing side or did you kind of come in from... Uh, being a car sales guy at one time, or how did you jump into that? Uh, my background's in information technology. So that's what I was doing. I was traveling the country, uh, training on CAD systems and stuff. And I was getting tired of traveling. And I saw a Craigslist ad for a dealership that needed help with their website and with posting blogs. This was um, right as the 2008 um, crash came in. Sure. And they're kind of trying to reinvent themselves and figure out, you know, how they can jump on the internet bandwagon. The automotive industry is probably one of the last to get onto the whole internet deal. So they were and kind of a little forward thinking at that point for them. For them. Yeah, definitely. If you really want to think about it, no one really kind of took it seriously until about 2012, 2013, as stuff started to rebound a bit. Then everyone's like, fad. oh, yeah, exactly. A lot of them <laughs> kind of wrote it off. It's like, oh no, this, you know, we'll get through this, you know, the kids are just playing with their toys, but um, yeah, they were forward thinking. So that's kind of how I got my start and it kind of just rolled into it with my IT background and with the way stuff is with um, data, you know, they kind of met in the middle and I made a business out of it. So, I mean, I can remember and it, it doesn't seem like it was, you know, all that long ago, maybe right around that era of 2006, 7, 8, around there where where you still 
you still went to your Sunday LA Times paper to open up the classifieds and see all the ads for all the different dealerships and all their used cars and all their sales of all their stuff. But uh, that's basically kind of gone away by majority. I think there isn't, I mean, I, I don't run to my newspaper to look for anything like that any longer. I mean, how's, I mean, is that, am I correct on that assumption? Oh yeah. I mean, think about this, like here in Orange County for us, there is no OC register. You can't, the register doesn't deliver anymore. Right. I called my rep that we ran newspapers with as long (laughs) as I've been in the business. And he's like, Hey man, I don't work for them anymore. I mean, they they have a website still and you can run, you know, banners on there like anything else, but newspapers gone. That's one that's been completely gone. Like nobody runs newspapers. Maybe they do in the Midwest, but here in Southern California, where it's the big leagues, when it comes to automotive advertising, yeah. not so much. You know so, I mean? so what they're doing is, so now that, for example, let's just pick on OC Register right now, but OC Register has gone obviously a digital platform and you can go online and you can see their stuff. So what would normally be found on, what would we go to the back and look at the classified section now would be kind of just all their little banners all around their perimeter of their websites and their pages. And that's where they have all their auto stuff mostly hanging out. Yeah, they have a section in there for auto. So you would still go to the website and go to that page, but we're not accustomed to doing that. You are accustomed to flipping to that page on Sunday while you're drinking coffee and having your donuts, right? But if I'm on the internet and I'm looking for, say, a used car, I've already been programmed to go to AutoTrader or CarGurus.com. So while they do have a presence, they they don't have the captive audience they did when you were physically holding the paper. So it's just... It's just been so diminished for them. They really kind of, uh, they really got a gut punch. So do you find, is it been, is it kind of like a ever evolving uh, process for you uh, in your, in your field in the marketing uh, side of it right now? Or is it kind of settled down a little bit where you've got your, your, your patterns of, of, of outlets that you go to, to market for different, uh, in uh, different uh, dealerships around that, that you work with? No, unfortunately it's kind of ever changing, not really? just because technology is ever changing, but there's also a politics element into this now. And, you know, the OC register and the LA times wouldn't openly fight right now. We've got an issue where Apple, and Facebook are openly fighting about security on their platforms. And Apple recently in their newest um, operating system update um, basically is handicapped tracking across the internet. And that's kind of the bread and butter part of the secret sauce of say, getting those targeted ads on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so aside from the technology evolving, there's there's spats between these big you know uh, tech companies that have egos and they're powered by men that have egos um, that add like an extra layer of complex, uh, make this more complex than it needs to be, I guess I should say, right? So right when we kind of figure out, hey, pay-per-click's the way to go or maybe Facebook targeting's way to go, then this wrench comes and it's like, well, Facebook's kind of been kneecapped. So, you know, what's next? Is it YouTube pre-roll? Is it, you know, advertising on podcasts, right? Is it, you know, is Spotify the new pivot? 
there's a lot to it. And then as soon as you kind of figure it out, then, you know, everyone takes a leap and then you get like a TikTok or something else comes in the mix. So um, that's the fun of it though, right? Is that it's ever changing. It's changing. not just running the same newspaper ad for five years in a row because that's what's worked. You know what I mean? Right, right. So. Um, let me take a minute here and kind of put a little plug in for our uh, our company, which is uh, Newport Beach Insurance Center. Newport Beach Insurance Center, uh, we specialize in providing insurance to the auto industry. Uh, from your average grocery getter to your exotic collector car to automotive repair shops and dealerships, uh, we can customize a policy to fit your needs. Please check us out at www.npbic.com or call us at 949-358-7990. Again, that's Newport Beach Insurance Center for all your insurance needs. Uh, also brought to you by CAPTA IMS. Uh, CAPTA IMS is your no-nonsense insurance agency management system software for the independent agent from uh Independent agent to medium-sized agencies built by insurance agents for insurance agents. Check out CAPTAIMS.com. That is CAPTA, C-A-P-T-A-I-M-S.com for more details. Um, so what do you, Drew, think is, is the better way for Joe Blow consumer. I'm a guessing. Okay, so let me take a step back. As a, as as a consumer, I think right now what 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 a consumer is doing is he's just going online. And let's say I want to buy a new Toyota Camry. I'm going online and I'm going to Toyota USA. I'm looking at oh all the pretty pictures on the on the company website for the the manufacturer's website. Uh, for the car. Um, and then I guess it starts narrowing you down to what you want in your car and or uh, give me your zip code and we'll find a local dealer with that car. Um, does your company interact or interface with any of that type of logic when it when they're trying to to help a dealer be kind of top notch. Cause I can assume dealers out there are kind of like, no, 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 make sure you show my, my uh, info before you show the guy, you know, I'm in Huntington beach before you show the dealership in Newport beach, show mine or show the, before you show the guy in Costa Mesa, show mine. I mean, I'm assuming that goes on. Yeah. What we do, um, the factory will send that lead usually to a couple dealers in the area. We're so tightly packed with dealers in Southern California as an example yeah. that it goes to multiple dealers, right? You're in Huntington Beach. There's quite a few different um, uh, dealers in that area, especially multiple brands that are pretty close, right? So what we help to do is um, what happens when someone's on that website is they plug in their information, they get sent to the dealer. The dealer follows up with them but sometimes they do a good job. Sometimes they don't do a good job. And what we do is we continue to remarket to those customers. So maybe you did it on Saturday night, you know, after you had a couple beers, you know, you saw a Hellcat you really liked and you put in a lead for it. When you woke up and sobered up in the morning, you forgot you even contacted them and you have this dealer that's hitting you up for a week. You kind of blow them off, right? Where we come in is we would follow you around, say you're on Facebook, 
Now you're getting that ad for that Hellcat again for that dealer. Or maybe you're on ESPN.com checking to see the, the Lakers score and you get a banner served to you. We would be doing something like that. So usually when someone um, puts in a lead for to buy a car, it's anywhere from you know that week they're going to buy it up to 120 days. So either you, usually someone's going to execute right away and buy the car because they've been doing their research or they're just starting. And whoever kind of stays in front of that person the longest usually is the one who wins, right? Well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that from a consumer's point of view that can be, you know, sorry to say a little annoying is you go in and you start doing and filling out all this stuff and you're just inquiring. I'm just, and then all of a sudden you hit send on your computer and before you've moved away from that page, you've got three dealers calling you on your phone. You know, hey, I've got the car you want. I, I have it. I have your information. You know, I need you to come down. And, you know, and then it just never, it kind of like, it feels like it never ends like for the next day or so. It's like, it's constant. And it's kind of, it's like a race. For hey, Todd, I don't want to hear from you no more, Todd. Leave me alone. <laughs> um. And what's happening is we're starting to see in the industry that are people are putting they're they're not filling correct information out in those forms because they're afraid of getting hammered, right? So they're doing more chat or they're making up fake names, getting the information that they want, and then they just pop up to the dealership, right? Yeah. All right. So they so you know, as they're sitting and doing their own research, they may not be answering our boy Todd, right? But they still show up to the dealership because uh, you know, maybe Todd got them the text message. They didn't respond, but stayed in their, their hip. Right. Or maybe they got served a banner ad or something like that. Right. Um, but it is, it is kind of a race and it is, it's very competitive out here. If you were somewhere in the Midwest, you would have one sleepy store calling you once a week. Right. Sure. But since we're in Southern California, and like I said, there's a lot of dealers around you um, and it's competitive. That's kind of where you get, you know, kind of beaten over the head, unfortunately. So. So tell us about Digital Click. I mean, in with Digital Click, do you put together? So let's say I'm a I'm a used car dealership, and I have I don't know. Let's say I have forty cars on my lot or twenty cars on my lot, and they're used. And I'm just trying to move product, and I go to the auction and I buy more, and I bring them in, you know, fix them up, put them on my lot. And I, I, I just, I am inept to internet or any of that stuff. I would hire you guys. I, so, do you have like a little prepackaged little package of goods you provide them at a certain cost point uh, for for a small independent used car dealership versus you know, Worthington Ford, a big, big dealership or something like that, or, you know, Creviar, BMW or whatever, you know, these big guys, you know, the Penske groups, you know, of the world. Uh, how does that work? Usually I'll sit down, them, down with them and tailor what they want. On the used car lots for those independents, the focus isn't necessarily trying to sell the car. It's trying to buy the car, Right. It's trying to acquire the inventory. And if you buy the car correctly, right? Let's just say you get the Honda Civic that's in high demand for $5,000 off a private seller because you reached out to them or you got to them first, right? 
and you turn around and sell it for 10 grand, you're making a very nice profit, right? Sure. Um, so with the used car guys, usually what we're talking about is completely different than the dealers because the dealers have factory support. They've got a service department. They got parts. There's this, they've got budgets, right? The independent guys, what we go after is trying to acquire the vehicles from private sellers because it's expensive to go to the auction. Ah, interesting. I didn't realize. I thought it was just like to show up at the auction and buy a car. No, I mean, like you go to the auction, that's the where you're going to see a ton of inventory at once, right? Sure. Um, uh, but a lot of them have moved to online and you don't really get to touch and feel the car. So it's somewhat shooting blind, right? A little bit. Um, but for them, it's about acquiring the the inventory before it gets to the auction because there's auction fees, there's transportation fees, there's all this kind of stuff. Whereas let's just say we run like an AI bot that scrapes information off Craigslist. I, you know, I get a call, I talk to Brett, I buy his Porsche off of him for pretty cheap and then I can turn around and flip it. No transportation fees, no headaches, DMV, tie, you know, all this kind of stuff that goes into it. Probably save myself at least a thousand dollars. And, you know, if we worked out a good deal and, you know, he wanted to get rid of it get it at a better price i'm always so swapping use, out my porsches you know my porsches know. you know they come and they go so easy <laughs> yeah you know hey, so so you do uh so digital click will do that for smaller independent uh used car guys out there uh will help with the purchase process yes so i will tailor you know i love working with you know small independent dealers i like working with the big dealers of course in marketing you like having big budgets um, but the independent dealers, it's it's a different ball game. Uh, it's more of a challenge, um, especially with everything that's going on right now. Inventory is very tight, so it is very challenging. But it's also rewarding. You can move the needle. You know, if you have a very good used car month for those guys, it's a huge deal. For a big conglomerate like a Penske, you have a good month. So did seven other stores. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, right. It's interesting because even like right around here, around the Costa Mesa area, there's always like these kind of uh, i guess i call them kind of little boutique used car dealerships that kind of deal in kind of a little bit more high end they may deal in you know you know porsches from like the 80s and 90s and that's all they kind of deal with or uh you've got some guys that that they redo uh, mini coopers old mini coopers and they you know they they work there they have a shop they had a repair facility but i guess i guess what the goal for them i'm assuming is to try and sell them as they finish you know buying them really well you know do the work fix them up and then selling them and that's where they kind of they're making their their uh, their profit there um um so so yeah so basically you customize the 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 package or whatever um that uh potential client of yours be it a big dealership uh, a medium-sized fancy dealership or just the the small little mom and pop guy in santa Ana that might be selling uh selling just you know, you know your average hondas and uh, toyotas or something like that yeah, it's kind of it's like kind of like your insurance stuff. You got to sit down with them and really assess all their needs to see what they need coverage wise. Some some places are like, hey, I just need social media. Some places right. are all like, I need you to do everything. Right. Some people are like, I can't even log into my website and change things. Um, so I feel like you kind of have to do like almost like a consultation 
it would be easier for me if I could do some cookie cutter stuff, right? Or at least like have these type of packages for it. Um, but, you know, every business is, un is unique and you bring up a great point. Some of the independents, for example, they've got their, their niche, right? It's like they sell, they sell Porsches or uh, I did work for uh, Crevier's Classic Cars, which is separate from the BMW store. And they'd sell like those, like that, uh, you know, they'd have uh, the Al Capone gangster 1930 cars on consignment that they would sell to collectors, right? Um, so you got to kind of custom tailor to what they want to do. So it's just like I said, just like your insurance stuff, someone may need a huge umbrella and policy for something or they're like, hey, I just need to insure one car. So right. got to be flexible, right? Sure. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's so true. It's so true. And, and the, yeah, there is that similarity there. So then, um, so then you, uh, with, with, uh, digital click, your, your approach, I would assume in most cases with smaller, smaller, uh, maybe even with even the bigger ones. I mean, I can assume that some of the things that they're first coming to you with is like, Drew, I need a new website. Our website sucks. And that usually is, I would assume, is probably one of the first things that, that you kind of get hit with. Yeah, because you got to assume now, like we're talking about all this internet stuff you're going and looking, yeah. it's, um, that's your dealership. They see that website long before they touch your dealership. And even um, since the last time, um, you know, I jumped on and talked to Brett, on his, uh, on his deal is some people don't see the dealership at all. And that's starting to increase because of COVID where like the car is being delivered to their house or to their um, business, right? So you could have a million dollar dealership and have it all fancy it could be the Taj Mahal. But, you know, if your website's kind of messed up or it's not functioning properly, it wouldn't matter, right? That's your new dealership. So what do you think? Let me ask just your uh, your opinion or your take. So I think we've all been, you know, to the mall and and seen that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you're walking down through the mall. All of a sudden you're like, the heck, there's a Tesla selling cars in here. What you know, they've got this, you know, where, you know, why is this happening? Do you see th that? being more of the way to it's going because it's obviously even though they might be paying you know prime mall space location that's got to be way cheaper than a big old lot someplace with a hundred thousand square feet of, of property that they're just to hold a bunch of cars oh a hundred percent and if you go to other countries you go to mexico you go to the philippines you go to some other like japan some of other spots where there's less real estate or less space than we have. They take orders on cars. You go to Italy and you take an order on a Fiat. You, there's like three or four Fiats on the showroom floor. You're like, I like that one. You put your order in and in a couple of weeks, you come and pick it up or they ship it to you, however it works, right? So I do think it's going that way. Um, you have a lot of people that are buying cars online and I, they could care less where the dealership's going to be sitting at, right? Could be in Victorville. If they're delivering it to my house, it doesn't matter to me, right? So I do see things condensing and I do see them kind of picking off more smaller spots and just taking orders. If you're not going to service the car, right? What's yeah. why would you need all that space? So it's kind of a little bit in a sense of kind of what's happened or what we've already kind of experienced with like uh, going online and looking at cars on CarMax. Uh, you see the cars on CarMax and then they'll show you, 
you know, a car and you're like, okay, well, this car is in, this car is in Colorado at, at a car max over there, but they'll tell you, Hey, for a hundred bucks, we'll bring that car over here. Um, so I guess it's going to be kind of leaning that way. Yeah. I mean, that's before people would fly to get the right deal, but if sure. they're just going to deliver it now, and the other part of this is CarMax is really smart. They know what cars sell in what areas and they move the inventory around. You know what I mean? And for the most part, we, you know, a lot of us who've been driving for a while and stuff like that, you know how most of these cars drive, you know, somebody with the car that you're going to buy, you may want to take a test drive, but you know, for the parents who order the same Honda Odyssey every, you know, couple years for their kids, what does it matter? Right. They don't need to test drive anything. Just send me the new model. I need a fresh engine basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. So how about yourself? I mean, do you, are you, would you consider yourself a car guy? I mean, you work in the car industry. Um, it's kind of like, like, uh, like, uh, if I, uh, if I'm a baker and I make cakes, do you enjoy eating cake all day? <laughs> I enjoy being around cars. I enjoy driving them, you know, yep. especially some of the nicer ones that I get to jump in and do some things in. um, Am I sitting in the garage and wrenching on them? Definitely not. And um, I do, I don't consider myself a car guy. I consider myself a data guy when it comes to this stuff. And the reason being is like, I can't be like, um, I got to drive a, a brand new 2021 BMW M4 competition the other day. Oh, I was wow. the first person to touch that car. I got to drive it around. We were doing drone shots with it. I fell in love with the car. It's an amazing car to drive on PCH. Um, and I was gunning it and all that stuff. Right. But if the data tells me it's not a good car in my line of work, you know what I mean? I can't use my personal feelings and say like, this car's killing it in the area. Cause I had a fun time driving it on PCH. If the data says it's not a hot car in the area, I have to stay on that. So when it comes to all these cars, I try not to like put my personal feelings on them, but who doesn't like to drive a nice car. Right. Sure. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't like to drive a Maserati around, you know, a, a convertible Maserati or Mercedes Benz or something. But um, I spend so much time like looking at data and all that stuff um, and trying to figure out, you know, where people are shopping for those cars that I guess I kind of lose. I'm jaded by it, I guess. I get to be in so many different cars all the time. So. So, so Digital Click, is it uh, a national company? Do you have accounts in all parts of the country? Or are you primarily focused in California or the West coast or how's that? Uh, work? As far as the automotive side, it's uh, it's coast to coast. Most of the stuff where I have hands on with dealers uh, is here in Southern California. And the reason being is kind of funny is these guys have been pounded into the head, get the customers down. We need to see them in person. We need to see them in person. Right. Right. So the whole entire industry is kind of a see me in person industry. So for those bigger accounts, I'm there. Uh, we do some stuff for some software companies that support the automotive industry across the country. And we do some consulting work, you know, kind of like Zoom stuff and things remotely. I mean, if I have an internet connection, I can get into any dealership. I don't have to physically be there. Um, and then we have a couple of accounts that we help with some e-commerce stuff that's uh, in the UK and outside of the uh, US. Um, but the automotive stuff, because it's a very, I need to see you in person type deal, the GMs want to see they want to see Drew Moon in the flesh. So those accounts, I got to I gotta be here in the area for. And it's so, good for us to think about on the insurance side too. Yeah, Get that's out true. There, shake some hands, especially as things open back up. 
Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, as things open back up, I mean, we're going to have, I think that in the, at least in the insurance world, I think we're going to have a, a lot more opportunities that we, that we've been exposed to so far. I think it's going to just kind of, kind of get really kind of crazy for us here in the next couple of uh, months as things get better. Um, so, so when you're talking to people like, let's say in the Midwest or on the East Coast, and, and you've already kind of alluded to the fact that, that, some cars sell better in certain regions and uh, than other regions. You know, um, um, do you do you get hired uh, to help a uh, an individual that's starting a dealership uh, to decide what cars are the best fit for that for that area that they're going to be in? Um, or, you know, am I, if I'm a guy, I don't know, let's say I'm a guy in Nebraska and I've got, uh, I've got, uh, the ability to sell, uh, you know, I have flooring and the ability to sell, uh, BMWs, let's say, and I'm in Nebraska. Well, maybe, you know, you know, M4s and M6s aren't going to be the biggest selling thing in, in Nebraska for that target market, but maybe uh, an X5 is, or some of the SUVs might be a little bit better. Are you, do they hire you to help them understand uh, what sells the best in those regions? Yes, they do. And um, Southern California, I, I've said it a couple of times before, this area is the major leagues of the automotive world. Sure. The Midwest is, is like double A, right? And the East Coast is triple A. But if you're talking about like where the, the big, where the competition is and where we're always got to be innovative and all that, that's, that's here in this area. Um, we sell the most cars in the area. We have the most people, right? Um, so they'll hire me and that's part of like how we analyze. So you, you go through and you see like, what have you sold historically? What have you not sold historically, right? Uh, you look at what's called a pump in and pump out report and you kind of figure out like what cars are pumping into your PMA, your primary market area and what kind of cars are pumping out of it, right? So we kind of do that game plan and that's how you build the strategy to do the digital advertising as well, right? If I know what cars are not selling, right? Maybe I put more money into it. Or if we know we just don't sell those cars because you're in Idaho and it's a truck area and you don't sell a sedan, well, why would I spend any money on keywords or any ads for that sedan necessarily, right? So we do sit and kind of analyze you know, what they've done historically, and then also moving forward, ordering the right cars. Because no matter how great I necessarily am or my team is at marketing, if people are looking for red shirts and you only have blue shirts, you're not going to sell anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it is. And that's where this, this stuff kind of comes to too, like I was mentioning before with the IT side and the technical side, this is data. Back in the day, marketing was like doing a nice little jingle, right? and getting Cal Worthington to put his head into a lion, right? Now we've got a pool data and we're making smart decisions based on all this data that we had. So, you know, there's a lot more into it um, that goes into it as far as planning and strategy goes. So what do you think, uh, what do you think in your opinion and your professional opinion here of, of co a company like Ford that has uh, totally kind of stepped away from, from, anything other only leaving the Mustang as their only car, but everything else is kind of a, a truck SUV platform. 
you think that's a smart move? Do you think that's, I mean, you personally, I don't. Um, you know, I think their data to them supports that they don't sell those cars. And I think if they're going to add hybrid, uh, you know, hybrid, hybrid engines and have electric EVs for these bigger models, it makes sense because then the cost of gas, you know, is going to go up. It's a finite resource, right? Um, but when gas hits five, six bucks and you've got a hybrid Jeep Wrangler, like they just put out, you know, it's not hitting your pocketbook quite the same. So you'll take it. Um, so I think that it's fine. I think their data probably tells them that they're going to want bigger cars. Um, but I also think that they're going to miss a part of the market that someone else is going to fill up because people still do want smaller cars, right? They want the commuter cars, the grandma that, you know, just goes to the store once a week and puts 10 miles you know, uh, a week on her car still is going to want those smaller sedans. She doesn't want the big, you know, SUV types. So. Have you had um, any of your clients come back to you, uh, let's say within this last year to just change up the, the way things in the marketing is going because of COVID, because of people being home, because they're not driving as far, needing to go as far in their car, because, I mean, I'll tell you, I had, you know, prior to, prior to COVID, I had two cars and two car payments and, you know, we were sitting here and, uh, and then all of a sudden COVID hits and now I'm paying for two cars and we're both working from home. And, uh, you know, my wife's been, you know, I don't see myself going really anywhere to an office anywhere anytime soon. Um, my son is working out of his ha- out of the house. My wife is now working out of the house. So it the dynamic has changed. Has that changed at the dealership level as well? Oh, big time! It's hurt the service side because you're driving less hours or less miles, right? That's true. Yeah. So less miles on your car um, is less chance for something to happen. Same thing with insurance. You're driving less miles on the road means you're on the road less. So less liability, I guess, right? Yeah. Same thing with service. You're getting your oil if you're if you're only driving you know, 3000 miles a year, you only need to get your oil changed maybe once and you're only doing it because the car's sitting, you know what I mean? Versus normally putting 15,000 miles on a car. Um, On our side, it's helped and it's hurt. It's helped on the sales side because they've dropped leases to 7,500 miles a year. People are driving less. So that payment comes down, right? Mm -hmm. So where you're looking at some nice BMWs, you could get them for like 300, $350 a month now, right? as far as the marketing goes, yeah, it's, it's changed uh, quite a bit. Um, the strategy's changed? Strategy's changed. We've taken a lot of, like, for one of my clients, I completely gutted a $30,000 a month TV budget. And, wow. they, and they've been perfectly fine without it. They've actually have done much better without it. Uh, we've spent some of the money in other spots. But the reason why we got rid of it is, um, at the time, uh, sports were kind of up in the air. They didn't know when the league stuff was coming on, right? Um, people were kind of upset with what was going on. You know, there's other coverage and TV just wasn't the place. People were consuming a lot more Hulu and Netflix and podcasts and just uh, TV without sports is tough, right? Sure. Um, it's kind of so crazy, that got- like taking the temperature and feeling things out in real time last year, you know, kind of month by month, quarter by quarter, just making sure you're where you need to be. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. Cause like, uh, you know, all of a sudden basketball is, Hey, we're back. 
You know what I mean? Like they took like three weeks off and then they're back. And then it's like, Oh, well crap. We would, we normally wouldn't have basketball now. Now there's something to watch. Right. But in fight, but in reverse, a lot of people kind of went away. They're listening, they're consuming more podcasts. You know, they're, they're doing more on demand TV and binging and stuff like that. So um, being on time Warner didn't make sense. Right. But reallocating that money to go and run ads on Spotify and run YouTube pre-roll uh, paid off very well. So that's one way we've come back and they've all kind of wanted to tweak everything. A lot of it has been pulling back spending wise because they've been worried, but some of it has just been people's um, people's mentality and how they consume content has shifted sitting on the couch and watching TV just isn't the business anymore. Yeah. That's funny. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, um, if you had, um, if you had any, uh, suggestions or advice to, to give, uh, other guys out there that are, that are, uh, maybe thinking about starting a dealership or selling cars on their own or, or, or don't know where to do or what to do with, uh, with maybe, uh, some marketing dollars or whatever, what would you, uh, what would you suggest, um, any advice you could give anybody out there in that, in that field? Yeah. My suggestion would be, um, don't dip your pinky toe in the water when it comes to getting the dealership launched when, or any business launched when it, when it comes to the marketing dollars, you've got to really kind of jump all in and really push to get um, your name known, to get the branding out there, to get the business known, to get the dealership to show up. Um, and then the second thing I would say is to really work on your reputation and to make sure that everybody that's coming through your dealership is happy so they can leave you an online review. Um, those online reviews factor into the Google algorithm. It's been a big deciding factor um, on people going to one dealership versus another. And um, I just think just in general, it's a good business practice to take care of your customers because they'll take care of you. The difference now, of course, is they can blast you or they can promote you on the internet and that thing sticks. So I would you know, definitely go all in with the marketing. The second thing I would do is really make sure that there's a good experience because that will eventually reflect online and it could be the difference between someone coming to your business or not. Um, and then the third thing is uh, to really go heavy in video. Video, um, huh? With yeah, with 5G coming with, you know, everyone working from home and having fast internet and then having 5G on your phone, video content is the king, you know what I mean? And um, if people are staying home and they're not able to experience your dealership or come down to it, then you bring the dealership to them. A flat website is not going to necessarily do it. Uh, of walk around videos, funny videos, the day in the life videos, you know what I mean? But video, 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 bring the dealership to them. Uh, via YouTube, you know, via wherever you happen to post up videos, um, but really work on video content because that's um, everyone. Uh, we're so used to it now. All of us have spent time on Zoom. All of us do FaceTime or, you know, some kind of version of that. We all have the phones that are fast enough and the internet speeds are fast enough for us to do it. So that's what people are going to expect. And that's the norm. It's going to be the norm here pretty quick because everybody will be on 5G in the next couple of years. Yeah. All right, Drew. Hey, so if somebody wants to reach you and uh, ask you some questions or they want to learn a little bit more about your business and and maybe, you know, they may need to uh, to to get your services, 
Uh, how can they do that? How do they reach you? Um, I'd be happy to anyone that is listening, you know, or uh, part of your guys' network to offer them uh, a free consultation. You know, I'd spend an hour with them to jump on the phone. All they have to do is just say, hey, I listened to the podcast or I heard you on the podcast and um, no charge, nothing like that. They can take the information and run and never talk to me again. Um, but if they want to go to uh, my website, they can go there. It is digitalclick.com. Click is spelled C-L-I-Q. Uh, we're on all the socials. So if you're on Instagram or Facebook, it's at digital click. Um, if you want to call me, I'll even put my phone number out there. You can have my direct line to my cell phone. Again, this is, you know, to whoever listens to this podcast, just let me know that you came from it and I will go extra for you um, to provide all the information that you, that you need free of charge. So my cell phone number, personal cell phone number, that's how I'm putting it out here is uh, uh -oh, get ready, everybody. Six five seven eight zero five six. Just tell me you heard him on the podcast that you know you you listen to the podcast, um, and like I said, for an hour I'll jump on. We'll go through your website. We'll go through your strategy. Um, I feel confident enough that the business would hire me after talking to them. But if they want to, you know, take notes and tell me to kick rocks, that's cool too. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and listening to me talk. And if anything, I get to sharpen my skills with another business, and that's really what it's all about, right? Right, right. Great. All right, Drew, thank you so much, man, for your time. Thank you for hopping on. Thank you, Brett, for jumping on. Uh, I didn't make the intro at the beginning. I had Brett Fulmer was acting as our uh, producer for the show today. So again, Drew, thank you so much for your time out of your busy day to kind of sit here and kind of shoot the shit and, and pretend we're in the garage having a, a, a beer or, a, or like you were saying, a uh, seltzer water. It's uh, sparkling water. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. And we will talk to you all soon. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Later, guys.